Hi everyone, I'm David Blindauer, and welcome to this episode of Conversation with a Manager, Stories from the Frontline. This podcast is dedicated to the proposition that managers, particularly frontline managers, are key to an organization's success. This podcast is also in search of the best advice and counsel from experienced managers for anyone new to the role of manager. Today's guest is Rob Wallace. Rob has over 35 years of experience in both private businesses and government organizations combined. In addition, Rob has owned his own consulting company for the past 10 years, overseeing a team of managers. Here to talk more about his conversation with Rob is today's host, Artel Smith. Thanks, David. So glad that we had a chance to interview Rob. He is an excellent professional with 35 years of experience in both the business private world as well as the public world. And when I say public, I mean government. So during his 35 years, he has had a chance to manage teams across a wide variety of organizations. He's also managed his own consulting company for over 10 years in which he had the chance to manage a team of consultants that went out to work for these other large companies. Rob has a tremendous perspective on what it means to truly be a manager in the sense that he has built relationships with all kinds of people over all of these wonderful manager assignments. I think what we are going to benefit from tremendously is his wisdom around two particular topics. The first topic is going to be about how to manage individuals for whom you are learning about their personality style. The second is how to manage individuals who are disagreeable in some way. And he has a really insightful story that he tells us on that point. You have mentioned this as an important part of being a good manager is that understanding who you are as an individual and what really others would note specifically if they were going to describe your personality. So in a few in a few sentences, how would you describe your personality and how has that impacted the way you manage others? Oh man. So now you're asking me to air my dirty laundry. <laughs> well, well 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 let's say let's say it is laundry that's already been cleaned. It's already yeah. been cleaned and we're just looking at the refreshed bright, shiny version of you, because now you know so much more about yourself having worked so many years as a man. Yeah. So let me just say this. So early in my career, I would react to certain situations in, in, in a very different way than I react to them now. So um, I had to learn very quickly in my career that when I enter a room, I don't care who you're working with, whether it's CEOs, division vice presidents, down to you know the, a, a college student's first job, you know, uh, maybe on the phones or whatever. Um, it's the same. It, you, my approach now is the same. And that is when I enter a room, I try to read the room. I let people talk. I engage them. And, and, I, and I'm constantly thinking about who is this person? How will they react in certain situations? When I have to give tough messages, for example, um, um, I try to put the room at ease. I try to, you know, to really um, make a connection with each individual in the room. So that, uh, so that they, you know, I can break down some of those barriers. Um, early in my career was definitely not like that. Um, you know, I came in and I was more like a bull in the China shop, probably, you know, in terms of my personality, the very extroverted, um, very much wanted to get my point across. I wanted people to see it my way. 
which I don't think is uncommon, right? Um, early in the career. Um, but then over, over the years, I've learned that, you know, there are, uh, you know, a number of different ways to approach a problem or a situation or a meeting, you know, you know, pick your, pick your topic. Um, but that, you know, you need to open yourself up to the concept of, uh, there's not one perfect solution and you need to open yourself up to the concept of there's not one perfect opinion and learn to listen and understand, um, and acknowledge that during an interaction. So I'd say, um, you know, now when I, when I, in a, a room, like I, I manage a team now to get in a government organization and they have no management training. They don't do any of these assessments. It's very, you know, it's, it's very rudimentary in terms of, uh, the type of support that managers get within, within the government organization I work. Um, however, you know, I'll walk into a room with my team and we have a hard message to give and, and, uh, inevitably we leave, we leave the room. Everyone's in a good place. My team says, how in the world are you able to do that? You know, this person was upset and screaming and mad at us. And now they're like, they're, we're like all friends. And I'm like, well, it takes a long time to be able to do that. But you know, you have to learn to, to let people uh, engage you at the level they want to engage you and you have to meet them there. And then you have to, to really um, understand where they're coming from and then work on a, work on a solution and, and show them that you're open to that. So um, that's kind of where I've ended up. Um, that's, you know, I still probably subscribe or, or lean more if you, in terms of the MBTI to, to one area. Um, but I've learned to temper that and really tone it down to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm engaging people um, in different ways. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great story. I, I love the fact that your team recognized that there was a skill that you were applying to uh, creating a harmonious relationship where maybe none existed. The, the fascinating thing about personality styles is that really the reason I think in, in management development that we even do personality assessments is to help people understand, one, who they are basically when they're by themselves. This is the version of yeah. me when no one else is around. That's step number one. Step number two is how do you adjust who you are when no one else is around so that you can reach effectively the other person? When you were preparing for your time here together with us today, you recounted a really interesting story about a committee that you uh, had wor were working on and that you had some responsibility for. And on that committee, there was an individual who was, uh, let's describe them as his majesty's loyal opposition, <laughs> where they, they were not agreeable to many things and you had had then a conversation with your own manager about the situation how it actually turned out was really a great lesson i think that people would love to hear about could you tell us a little bit about that yeah certainly that was it was a very interesting experience um but i i was asked to to chair a policy committee um and within a government organization and the members of the committee we're all senior leaders of uh, different divisions within within uh, the government, and we had one person in particular. I was I was meeting with uh, my manager and recounting, you know, how some of these meetings were going, and and the subject of this one particular individual came up, and and how he was interacting with the group, and I I just made a just kind of a uh, just kind of a off, you know, topic remark that oh, 
you know, let's call him John. Um, John is, you know, he's, he's squarely in the camp of glass half empty, right? So he liked to argue every point. Um, everything was difficult. Uh, you know, I'm certain that his favorite book or nursery rhyme was Henny Penny and the Sky is Falling. Um, he's just that kind of guy, right? We all know those kind of people. Um, but when I was having this conversation with my manager, uh, she had said, hey, I, let me just remove that person. I'm going to remove that senior business leader. And you tell me who you'd like to have in there because we need to make sure it's a really good fit you know, for this policy committee. And I slowed her down and I said, well, wait a minute. So I don't think you understand my comment. My comment was, yeah, it's always colorful because he's here. My, my comment wasn't it's, it's that it's ineffective. Is it disruptive? Yeah, it's a little disruptive, but that's okay. Um, and I explained to her how uh, John had a very important role to play in the group and that his unique, albeit pessimistic style, actually stimulated a lot of good conversation. Um, and, and it was good for people to try to see it through his lens because we came out with a far better outcome. Now, the easy thing to do would say, let's get rid of John, right? But that's not what you want to do when you, you, you need a diverse group of individuals to come together so you can, you know, achieve a better outcome or better result. So he stayed put on the team. So this this, this theme, which I think is is essential for managers, I, I once heard the phrase something along these lines that managers need to be able to deal with porcupines. And sometimes the best way to do it is they have to put really thick gloves on in order to be able to handle the porcupine, even though they might still be stingy and sharp, the fact of the matter is that they play an important role in the necessary friction to get to better ideas and better solutions. What kind of advice would you have for a new manager who is trying to figure out how to put the gloves on and wear them? What, what, what are, what's your thought about that? Yeah, embrace it. Become that become those that person's friend. So so let me tell you about John and myself. John's a good friend of mine. We we have a we have a, a both a, a professional mainly professional, but we also have a personal connection. We have a relationship, right? Because he's genuine. He knows I'm genuine. So um, that's another thing that I think is important. We can talk about later. But uh, you know, being genuine is very important. So John, so when we get done with the meetings, he'll often say. Oh, Rob, man, sorry. You know, I, you know, I'm sorry I took it off in that direction or, you know, sorry, I got a little heated there. And I'm like, John, that's okay. Yeah. You're a pain in the, and I, I promise I wouldn't swear, but you're a pain in the butt. And, um, but that's okay because, you know, you, you get us to a place, you know, you get us to a better place. And so it's, it's okay. It's okay to, for me to acknowledge that. And, uh, and it's okay for me to say, yeah, you are a pain in the butt sometimes, but Thanks for being a pain in the butt because we hopefully get to the right place. This podcast is supported by NRECA, the National Trade Association representing America's electric cooperatives. NRECA's broad range of products and services include a robust portfolio of leadership programs that provide learners with the knowledge, skills, and resources they need to lead at all levels of their co-op and succeed in today's rapidly changing electric utility industry. Visit cooperative.com learning to explore the value of learning with NRECA.
And we're back here with Artel. So, Artel, there were a lot of great takeaways in that segment with Rob. You had mentioned to me before we started that you wanted to touch on the topic of disagreeable coworkers. I'm curious what your takeaways are from that. He told just a wonderful story that I think can be uh, a signpost in a very dark world when it comes to how to manage individuals who you find slightly or somewhat disagreeable. The interesting thing about Rob's story is that it's recent, which is important because he's applying skills that he's learned over many years. And secondly, it was someone that he did not directly manage. So Rob was, over a period of time, the project manager of a large task force and the government agency where he works. And the individual that Rob talks about was someone on the team who was dedicated to being a bit of a pain in the neck when it came to talking about important items. Rob went to his own manager and in a very casual way, talked to his manager about the fact that this, this quote unquote disagreeable person was throwing a wrench regularly into meetings. And I think what Rob said sent his manager down a path, which was, well, we shouldn't have this person on the team. If he's really causing that much trouble, we should replace him with someone else who really understands what we're doing and so forth. And Rob immediately said to his manager, no, no, you misunderstand. The disagreeable person is necessary for us to create sufficient friction to examine all ideas minutely. And in fact, without that person on the team, Rob said to his manager, I'm not sure that we will be able to get to a good solution based on the charter that was handed to us. When he said that in our discussion, it was as though a light bulb went off over my own head. Because the truth is that there are many people that we meet and work with over a period of years. And sometimes it's a very concentrated experience we have with certain people for whom we do not have necessarily an immediate liking, who may approach the world differently with different mindsets, who may think about the work in such a way that it's just alien to what the manager thinks. And Rob described the fact that he needed as a manager to foster the edge in a way that allowed for better solutions to be put on the table, not to blunt the edge, not to take the edge and turn it in a completely different direction, but to focus it in a way that allowed for good things to come out. I thought that was a remarkable uh, conversation. Now, I've known Rob for some time, and I will tell you that in his early days as a manager, I don't know that he would have described the situation in quite the way he did now that he's had three and more decades of working with individuals who are not cut from the same bolt of cloth as he is in terms of his management style and the way he wants to get things done. So, Artel, you had also mentioned that you wanted to touch on Rob's examination of self-awareness and understanding personality traits. Would you mind elaborating on that? One of the things that Rob said is that he had benefited over the years from various assessments that peered deeply into the kind of person he was and the way that he had he impacted others from a communication style. Rob had specifically talked about in the interview, the Myers-Briggs type indicator, shorthand MBTI. The MBTI is an assessment that has been handed down to us 
based on the research of the eminent psychiatrist Carl Jung. A mother-daughter team in the 1950s pulled together an assessment that was published in 1962 and has been continuously available since then. In Rob's early years as a manager, he had the opportunity to take this assessment. And I know for a fact he's taken it several times since then. And what he discovered early on is that individuals around him were not receiving him in a way that he thought he should be received or that his behavior might indicate why wouldn't someone receive me the way I am. And that was the beginning of wisdom when it came to Rob and his journey through many manager assignments. Rob is a very direct guy. And as it turns out, and I've said this in classes that I teach, that the gratitude people feel for directness is not nearly as great as the glee with which someone applies their directness to someone else. Rob learned that, and he decided that what he needed to do was to adjust his own personality style in a way that welcomed all other styles and from those styles could create a team, a productive team that worked well together across many different projects and business initiatives. So Rob, as he learned more about himself, began to understand that the way to reach other individuals is to first understand their personality and the things that they like most when it comes to communication and or just being managed. And just like Rob responds well to certain kinds of management styles, he discovered, and many managers have discovered, that the other person's style should be preeminent in the minds of the manager and not the manager's own style. That's the essential flexibility that I think Rob is describing when he talks about the importance of self-awareness as a management tool and a management imperative, not simply a good idea. And with that, we conclude this episode of Conversation with a Manager. If you enjoyed this podcast and feel like others could learn from it as well, feel free to share it with your friends and colleagues. And a big thank you to our guest, Rob Wallace, for sharing some of his personal experiences as a manager. Support for this podcast comes from NRECA, the National Trade Association representing America's electric cooperatives. Driven by member feedback and engagement, NRECA's mission is to be the trusted resource, champion the cause, and inspire the future of the industry. 